0: Welcome to the Health Leaders Revenue Cycle podcast. I'm Alexandra Pecci, Revenue Cycle Editor for Health Leaders. Today I'm very excited to welcome Terry Meyer, who is Director of System Patient Revenue Cycle for UC San Diego Health. Terry is here to talk to us today about the importance of education for your revenue cycle employees. Terry, thank you so much for being here.
1: Oh, thank you. It's a privilege. Again, thanks for having me.
0: So we all know that the revenue cycle is a critical part of every hospital and health system, but unlike physicians, nurses, accountants, human resource managers, and other professionals, revenue cycle employees often don't get much formal education or training. Instead, they're often hired at the entry level, learn on the job, and work their way up through the department. That's why it's become Terry's mission to provide education and training for her staff that goes beyond even the walls of her health system. So, Terry, first, can you tell us about the typical training, education, and career path for revenue cycle professionals and why that's really not adequate anymore for the revenue cycle of the future?
1: Sure. It's a um, little different than the you know career path and the education that's provided to say a coder. You know there's a formal uh, organization that they can um, belong to that supports their education in getting those those certifications. There's not really that same opportunity for revenue cycle that that will teach them end to end and prepare prepare them for. For the job. Uh, as you said, most of the time the revenue cycle employees that we hire here come to us at, a, at an entry level and then we try to uh, train them on the job so they can take on more responsibility and have a career path within our organization. I know there are a couple of um, opportunities for revenue cycle training. A lot of it is with coding and medical billing, but it's more geared to the professional side of the house. There's not a whole lot of opportunities out there for hospital revenue cycle. I know when we post job openings, we require you know, so many years of experience, but the dilemma is where do those candidates get that experience?
0: So as the revenue cycle develops, how are employees needing to develop too?
1: That's a great question. I think uh, healthcare is ever evolving and it is critical for us uh, on the hospital and professional side of revenue cycle uh, to keep up with the external environment and how quickly it's changing. And I think that's where a foundation of educating your employees, not only in their day-to-day work, what their role and responsibilities are, but keeping them abreast as to what is changing in the external environment, and I think leads um, to a better transition or you know that that change management 101 um, what we need to do and why we need to do it and and here's how we're going to do it uh is a little easier because then they are they can see how the external environment is changing and then it's a little easier for uh, me uh, as far as what i'm doing is to get bring them along as we have to change our uh internal environment to to keep up and compete
0: How are you doing things differently at UC San Diego Health when it comes to hiring, onboarding, training, setting salaries, things like that?
1: Yeah, that's a a great question. My my primary role here at UCSD, again, is patient revenue cycle. So it is uh, at the point in which the balance becomes due from the patient. We uh, are the face of the Uh, patient financial experience, uh, customer service, and and the billing as well as financial assistance. Uh, UC San Diego actually um, was very invested in making that uh, patient financial experience a differentiating factor, uh, so much so that they have allowed me to hire uh, knowledge workers and they they support the salary range um, that is the highest, um, uh, paid revenue cycle employee within UC San Diego health. So usually customer service is typically, you know, the easiest place to get into you kind of learn the business. And as soon as a billing job opens up, you lose that customer service rep to that billing job. Customer service is hard cause it's not only um, knowing the answer to the question, but it's also managing that human interaction with that patient. And most of the time, you know, the reason why the patient is calling is because they have a problem. So um, it's it's not always a, a easy conversation to manage. Uh, so, so San Diego again has allowed uh, me to hire the um, a higher paid or provide a higher wage, um, but that comes with a higher expectation. My team is expected to know again, uh, the end to end revenue cycle, you know, from the point of, even scheduling um, all through, you know, cash posting, uh, so we can figure out where the break is in the in the process when when patients call with those problems. So our onboarding consists of, uh, it, we we use Epic as our EMR, uh, so we we just do not uh, train our particular module, which is the single billing office module in Epic. When my team onboards, we actually go through the entire end-to-end EPIC training. So they know how to navigate in, say cadence, um, PB resolute, coding, and hospital billing resolute. So they they know where they can uh, go to find, you know, the answer to the patient's question. Um, We not only do that, but we also provide them with a huge, a library of uh, customer service skills through a third-party software. Uh, they're expected to take, I think it's about 110, 120 um, short vignette courses, uh, but they need to test out in each of those attributes at 80% or greater uh, before we put them on the phone. Um, that this way they've got tools in their tool, tool toolkit to be able to Uh, manage that uh, conversation with the patient. Um, We also provide them with uh, uh, tip sheets and uh, situation response guides that can help them uh, in in that conversation. And uh, as part of the onboarding process, they shadow in and do side by side with um, each of my team members. And I do that for two reasons. One. Uh so the new hire can get to know their team, but uh, at the end of each day from the training session, we do what we call a plus delta, and we ask the new candidate, you know gosh how is your how is your training um but I want to make sure that all of the team members are you know consistently uh, doing the workflows you know in a standard way uh so it kind of gives me an insight as to um you know, how well that standardization is, is sticking. Again, you know, we want our patients when they call customer service, doesn't matter what rep they get, um, they're gonna get the same experience, which is really important to us. We've applied for um, HFMA enterprise membership. Uh, so all of our uh, team members uh, will be uh, CRCR certified um, as part of um, our offering to them. And then that CRCR certification actually uh, qualifies them you know, for the next level of customer service rep within our department, which is uh, supports our career path. Um, they can go from customer service one to a two, uh, to a coordinator, to a manager, and, and eventually um, up into executive leadership. We support the ongoing day-to-day Uh, education through our uh, daily huddles. We have adopted the daily engagement system uh, through lean kind of from day one. Uh, And that's a good place for our team members to bring up issues and things that they are experiencing uh, so we can root cause uh, the problem and uh, get some corrective action. I've um, always told them that they're their first responsibility is to be the voice of the patient. The education really provides us with a, a good foundation to be able to deliver on that first call resolution. Um, and it also um, really helps our, our metrics and our, and our cash collections. If we have you know, the answer to the question, to the patient's satisfaction, it generally ends up in that patient paying their bill. Um, And because they have that knowledge base, they're able to uh, handle that that call um, and then get ready for the next call. So it has really helped support our uh, abandonment rate um, and our uh, time to answer and our service level. I think we're running right now at a a 0.02% abandonment rate, and I think our... uh, service level is like 99.87, which builds, you know, trust and and loyalty with with our our patients. I mean, uh, they call us because they they know we've got, we can get the answer to their question and uh, very
0: very proud of that. I know you said that training and education are ongoing for the career ladder, but are they also ongoing as part of the job requirements? Like, do they have to have certain courses every year? How are you handling that?
1: Yeah, absolutely. We we do competency testing um, just to make sure that uh, uh, our team members are, you know, cause you don't have the same scenario all the time. So it's easy to forget um, things here and there. So we do uh, quality assurance reviews uh, and competency testing on a yearly basis. Um, you know again we have the education committee that totally supports our internal can our internal uh, staff to keep up to speed on again what's happening in that external environment i have uh, a group of super users uh, that uh, can help support our uh, emr system we're on epic and we do quarterly upgrades so we're we're constantly changing so i think changing is really built into um, our department. Uh, Without the ability to change, it's really hard to uh, keep up with with what's uh, new and up and coming and and kind of being ahead of that eight ball instead of behind that eight ball. We're going to take
0: a quick break. Stay with us for more with Terry when we come back. Hi, this is Melanie Blackman, Strategy Editor at Health Leaders. I'm here to tell you to check out the Health Leaders Women in Healthcare Leadership podcast, which drops every first Wednesday of the month. On my show, I sit down with women executives who share insights on important healthcare topics, their leadership experience, and how others can climb up the organizational ladder. Subscribe and listen to the Health Leaders Women in Healthcare Leadership podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or Stitcher. Welcome back. We're talking with Terry Meyer from UC San Diego Health. Terry, you've also done a lot of work outside UC San Diego Health when it comes to education with local schools and professional associations. Can you tell us about that?
1: Sure, yeah, I'm the actually the immediate past president for the Oregon chapter of HFMA. Um, and so there's been a lot of opportunities to uh, help um, develop education opportunities and, and webinars and in-person things, events with HFMA, which is, um, it's really fun. (laughs) It's a a good organization to belong to. I've done a lot of speaking uh, with different Organizations as well And a unique opportunity I think UCSD also you know, Recognized the need For a, a Revenue cycle education um, Program So last year we launched uh, Through the UC extension Our revenue cycle certification Program in which I Was part of uh, The development of that curriculum And have also Been a, a guest speaker at times uh, in in those uh, uh, cohorts. So um, a lot of stuff going on external and and internal, but most important is just to to keep up with that um, education because, again, the healthcare environment is ever-changing and that is your best opportunity to be able to uh, change with it, (laughs) to keep up with what's going on
0: what are your plans for the next few years when it comes to developing these educational and training programs further
1: i mean again we've got um an internal education committee those are a couple of volunteers of my my team uh, who where we discuss kind of what's um coming up and coming you know like the no surprise billing act we've got you know regulation f with our uh, collection agencies and their ability to collect so really understanding what infrastructure we need to change uh, in order to um, comply with some of those mandates uh, we really take an interest in the annual review process uh, really encourage our team members to uh, give us what they would like to see as far as as far as their professional development um, and then we build that into my um, leadership team's uh, role and responsibility to look for those opportunities where we can support our team members uh, professional development Uh, for example they uh, would say that you know they were interested in becoming a super user we we are um uh, it's kind of uh, they serve a year and then we we pick another group of super users. So hopefully uh, at the end of this, all, all of our team will have served as a super user at, at one point or another. Um, but we we really engage with them during their uh, annual review process and figure out, you know, where do they see themselves in five years and, and how we can help develop them. I think that's one of the things that I'm most proud of. I've had about zero turnover here in uh, my department. Uh, I've had five vacancies, but those five vacancies were all for uh, retirements or uh, promoting from within. I, so I'm, I'm real proud at being able to Uh, Develop organizational talent and and filled those positions with with people that we we've really invested in and and they've demonstrated uh, the ability and the you know the desire to to grow within the organization.
0: That's amazing! Congratulations! That sounds like an awesome program, and your staff must be really happy and engaged too.
1: Yeah, our engage our engagement is um, is really. Pretty good, I think. Uh, you know those daily huddles, providing them with opportunities to uh, serve on process improvement committees, and really taking a vested interest in in the department. Um, you know, one other thing that I will mention is I have a very uh, very transparent management style. So the same. Uh, reports and things that I use to determine whether a team member is meeting productivity and quality, they have access to those reports as well. They get them pushed to them every day, just like I do. So uh, it really does provide for that um, two-way conversation when it comes to their productivity, their professional development, and, you know, where they are, how they're developing within the department
0: one last question for you you talked about management style do you find that when it comes to revenue cycle leaders that you have enough training yourselves when it comes to leadership
1: yeah that is a great question I um, UC San Diego has a lot of uh, education opportunities uh, but you know you have to uh, make sure that you carve out the time uh, to be able to take advantage of them one uh, set of courses that i'm engaged in as well as i've asked my entire leadership team uh, to engage in is the um we are going down our uh uh, our our, uh, black belt uh, for lean so i've got my i am testing for my green belt, and my two coordinators are just finished their yellow belt courses. So it's really identifying those opportunities, but most importantly, carving out that that time so you can allow those team members to take those courses and, um, you know, get that training.
0: And for our listeners who are not so familiar with Lean, can you talk about that BELT process?
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of a progressive process. It's about process improvement. Um, San Diego's, uh, our mantra is kind of we want to develop. We've got, you know, 10,000 employees, so we want to develop 10,000 uh, problem solvers. Uh, so it's a way of looking at, at a process and uh, from a lean perspective, it's eliminating the waste. Um, you know, we, as a annual review here in SBO, review our workflows, and if there's no value to the activity, you know, we eliminate it. I know when we first built, you know, SBO, we we built it on what we knew at that particular time. Uh, so then, in in our yearly reviews, we kind of review those clicks and say, okay, am I am I just clicking this for the sake of clicking it, or is is there some value in this activity? So you make the processes as lean as possible, uh, so you can um, you know kind of get in and 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 get out and and do something better with your time instead of uh, devoting it to something that that doesn't have any value.
0: Terry, it's been so wonderful talking with you. You sound like an amazing manager. Thank you for being here and sharing your expertise with us.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. This was a great opportunity.
0: Thank you, listeners, for joining us on the Health Leaders Revenue Cycle podcast. Until next time, keep taking care of patients and each other.